Welcome to the End to End Podcast with Derek and Carl Francazzi on Anchor, Spotify, or any other platform you may be listening in on. This is episode three of season one, and today we are covering the big five league results of the last week. Thank you for tuning in. Feel free to follow us on all social media at End to End Podcast, and feel free to donate directly to the podcast via listener support, which helps the podcast host and create better content and leveling up our podcast for you all. Derek, first game to review is obviously the Manchester Derby. Uh, Manchester United beat City 2-0, ending their unbeaten streak with a early Bruno Fernandes penalty and then a goal from Luke Shaw in the second half. Uh, Derek, I just want to get your reaction from the game, and what were your thoughts? I think overall it was a really well-played match by Manchester United. I mean, the early penalty goal by Bruno Fernandes really helped them settle in and be able to settle into a play style that allowed them to counterattack and sit back and just defend and allow Manchester City to keep the ball on their side. And they did very well. And then the second half, they got the early goal again by Luke Shaw. And it just progressed them even further into that. They were able to defend, keep a shout-out, and win the game. Yeah, no, I what agree. Did you, what were your thoughts? I agree totally with you. I think that early goal definitely sets the president for the rest of the game. I think that was already going to be the plan going in was, okay, we're going to let city dominate possession, but we're going to try and hit on the counter. We're going to try and make sure that, you know, we don't leave ourselves open and, and things like that. Make sure that we're defensively solid, you know, low block and whatnot. Um, I got to say Gabriel Jesus is a terrible mistake. There really sets Manchester city back. You know, that's what Manchester United is looking for in that spot. Martial's going nowhere. He's not going to get a shot off. You know, you got three guys around him and he basically just walks in and trips them for no reason, in my opinion. Uh, and I'm not, I mean, I'm not trying to be a Gabriel Jesus hater, but he has been great in front of goal. And now in front of his own goal, he's given up, <laughs> you know, even worse opportunities. So yeah. the guy really needs to, to get his head turned on. Right. I mean, without Aguero, you can definitely tell the city team's not the same. I mean, they're, they're still dominant I and mean, they won like 21 oh, yeah, straight games, but with Aguero up there, they, they would be a, uh, you know, a step above what they are for sure. Uh, Derek, I do want to ask you about this manager matchup. Obviously, uh, Pep is seen as one of the greatest managers in the world, and Ali Gunnar Solskjaer is probably looked at as, you know, people call him the gym teacher and, and whatnot and all these memes about him. But to be fair, the guy, you know, in his last two away stunts against Man City hasn't lost. Um, do you think he's underrated or do you think he's overrated? What's your opinion on him? I think he's underrated in the fact that people – always underestimate his team going up against Manchester City. They always expect City to just run things. And I don't think that's the case. I think it's always a great matchup. They they both seem to come in with really good tactical plans against each other, and it makes for a really good matchup. And overall, I think oh, he's just not giving his respects. I mean, he's second in the league with a team that I don't think many of us expected to be second. I think a lot of people were having him in – not even in the top four times. I think a lot of people put him in like, you know, at fifth on the edge. So for everyone to just make memes about him and say, oh, he's a gym teacher, it's like, give the guy some respect. He's brought this team to second. We were giving Mourinho claps for bringing him to second. So where does the line stop where we're like, hey, he's a he's doing a good job with – I wouldn't say it's a lot. I mean, you got McGuire and Lindelof in the back. <laughs> I, literally, they're each other's problems. And De Gea, the past two years, have has not been the best that we've seen. No, I agree. I mean, you look at that midfield as well. It's it's always a, what do you want to say, a, a puzzle 
you know, McTominay, Fred, Pogba, Vanderbeek, who was added in the summer, which really wasn't necessary because Bruno plays his position basically, you know, and he doesn't have a out and out striker. He can use Martial. He can, I mean, Cavani's in and out, but he's, of, he's an older age and he has injuries issues. Uh, you know, Rashford's a great player, but at times can be inconsistent. You know, at times he's on fire, sometimes he's cold. Mason Green was a young guy. Daniel James isn't, you know, a top end Premier League player, I would say. <laughs> yeah. And and he's getting results out of it. You know, he's done. I'm not saying he's the greatest right now, but I would certainly say he's not he's not uh, rated as high as he should be. He's definitely underrated, in my opinion. Yeah, they crashed out of the Champions League. I think they could have done a lot better there. Um, but if you look back at that time, it, you know, they're actually doing really well in the Premier League. So, like, maybe he was more yeah. focused on making sure they're getting top four and, and things slipped up in the Champions League, unfortunately. Um, you know, I don't think I don't think he's any worse than, you know, Coleman over at uh, Barca. I don't think he's any worse than Pirlo <laughs> yeah. at, at Juve. Um, so give the guys respect. I mean, he's second in a, in a really tough league. Uh, they're getting points when they need them. They're beating some decent opponents. I mean, sometimes, you know, they're, they're a bit of a snoozer. You know, sometimes they're too focused on not losing at times. But this game is yeah. all about results, especially for a manager. And when he needs them, he gets them. So uh, and that's yeah. happened a lot for him in the last couple of years. Um, and I would say this. I think they – I wouldn't say they're, you know, back to the top, but they're probably back on track. I mean, that's, that's what I would think for them right now is, you know, you get that big win against City in the Derby. Um, I don't think, you know, they're going to get number one in uh, the oh, league, no. but it definitely sets them back where they should be. Europa League still an oh, avenue yeah. they can take to get some silverware. Um, do you think they're back on track or you think, you know, it's just one little I, result? I I think it's a really big result for them. Very big confidence boost. Put some round track for their upcoming matchup against AC Milan Euro League as well. So that definitely brings them into that game of high hopes, expecting big things from them. Uh, I think as long as that defense can hold up, it it's only going up from here. Uh, but they definitely need to continue scoring. I find that when they are scoring, they definitely get their results. But when they're struggling with scoring, their defense just can't handle the pressure that they get put under when they're not leading in games. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, obviously scoring goals is necessary to win games, and it's very important. But, you know, you're right. I think um... – you look at it, uh, if they're not given a lead of at least two goals, it's very shaky. You don't trust Lindelof and Maguire in a low block for, you know, to hold a 1-0 lead with 60 minutes to go. You just don't. Um, Juan Basaka and Luke Shaw have been playing out of their minds, so the fullbacks aren't an issue. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, but I've never been a Maguire enthusiast. I think Lindelof's an okay <laughs> center back. Um, but – who knows? You know, if United get a, get a really good center back in the in the summer, maybe a, a holy midfielder to replace Matic and let McTominay kind of be a box to box eight, I think, which would be really good for them. Yeah. Uh, they could be they could be challenging. They'd have a really good starting eleven. Uh, maybe you know they get a striker or they find some sort of way for that front three to to click. They could definitely be uh, in that title race a lot longer next season. So definitely. Well, we'll move on to the game that was played today, Chelsea versus Everton. Uh, Chelsea ended up winning the game 2-0, Jorginho with a penalty kick, and then uh, I think Kai Havertz with a redeflect off of Michael Keane for a goal in the first half. Uh, yeah, it was a uh, – Yeah, it was a redeflection. I can't remember who it was. It was yeah, Kai Havertz. It was a redeflection off Keane. Um, 
it was unlucky for Everton at times, but I think Chelsea were the more dominant side. Um, Tuchel's definitely done a, a good job, probably, you know, obviously in his first games, not losing one, uh, winning a lot. Defense has been a lot better in terms of, you know, their goal record has been lower than what they were under Frank. He's changed the system and things like that. Uh, what, what's your take on the game and what's your take on Tuchel? On the game, I think they came in and they kind of ran it. I don't think they really let Everton ever take control of the game. I think they stayed pretty much ahead. Obviously, an early goal off the deflection definitely helps them stay in control. But it's just they played really well. And overall with Tuchel, though, I think he has not playing just about at their best at the moment. Obviously, I think there's still more potential because it is a very, a very young squad. But he has his – the defense is looking great, definitely much, much better than it was under Frank. And he's making guys like Kai Havertz come into his own. Oh, uh, he's definitely Kai putting had a, a good – great performance today. He was awesome. Yes, very good performance. But, yeah, it just – I think right now the next guy needs to get turned around is uh, Varner. That's yeah. I think his, that's Timo his has next better guy confidence, can... I think. But you're right. He, he needs to start putting some in the back of the net. Uh, but his confidence is, is definitely gained yeah. a lot more than what it was under Frank. But yeah, and he has – and Hudson and Doyle is also playing very well yep. right now as well. Uh, just overall, I think this entire Chelsea squad right now is just re- playing very, very well. Mm-hmm. I would like to see Pulisic play more. But yeah. that's probably my American bias coming out there, obviously. <laughs> no, I mean, I remember when Tuchel came in and I, I was a bit hesitant just because I was thinking, you know, I, I watched his Dortmund team. I watched his PSG team. Um, I never thought it was Tuchel himself that, like, made these teams great. So I was very questionable of what, what was going to occur when he came. Um, but he's definitely got the team clicking on all cylinders. He's set up a new system with his back three. I mean, he's got Christensen looking like John Terry, basically, at this point. Um, and he's he's got guys, like you said, Hudson-Odoi playing at his best level. He's got, you know, Werner gaining confidence back. Kai Havertz has probably his best performance of 2020 and 2021 under Chelsea, uh, or in a Chelsea uniform, I should say. Uh, and to be honest, he's, he's brought guys back into the lineup that w- were kind of outcast under Frank, so... You know, Marcos Alonso Marcos plays Alonso. a big part in the last couple of games. And, you know, he's, he's, and I, what I do respect for Tuchel is when he plays, let's say, a, a really fast team like Liverpool he did and on the week or uh, earlier this week, uh, he plays Chilwell and he's like, okay, they're having a lot of pace. We need to make sure Chilwell can cover the channels and whatnot. And then today yeah. he's playing against Everton. He's like, okay, they're going to be direct. He's got to be able to deal with Richarlison and Calvert Lewin's, you know, size and, and pace. So he's like, okay, Marcos Alonso may not have the pace, but he'll win the aerial duels. Uh, yeah. And he's probably getting forward a little bit better uh, than Chilwell at the moment, or at least more confident in front of goal. So I respect that about it. And then, like like I said earlier, he's just got guys, you know, playing really, really well. Jorginho yeah. and Kovacic look really good. Uh, he brought Zuma back into the lineup, which I love today. He's got Rudiger playing well. So he's brought guys that were, like, average to below average under Frank to be solid, really good players. Yeah. Uh, and he, he's really turned the ship around. And I think top four is practically guaranteed for them as long as they keep this form up. Uh, Derek, I do want to ask you for your goalkeeping, uh, you know, opinion here. Pickford gives up a penalty there. Not not his best day at the office. He's had a few shaky moments. Uh, Carlo Ancelotti actually, you know, kind of benched him earlier in the season. Wasn't really happy with him. Uh, is Pickford still England's number one in your opinion? Or do you think they should go with someone different? 
Uh, right now is I think I think they need to start looking around and start scouting and seeing what's Pope up to, what's Henderson up to. Obviously, Henderson right now is stuck on Manchester United's bench because they can't get past De Gea. So it's just very – I think it's an annoying moment for England. I think right now they really want Dean Henderson to be in. If I was uh, the head of England, obviously, I would say I'd want Dean. Yeah, if you're I Southgate. I wouldn't yeah. want Pickford. But I just I, – I don't think he's the number one, especially not after today's performance either. I mean, he had good saves, but giving up the penalty that he did, the guy's going away from goal. Why are you flying in? Like, there's no reason. And literally, that's all Havertz was trying to do was get a touch on the ball to put it away from you. And yeah. he knows what's coming next. It's just – it's very annoying to watch as a goalkeeper. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't – I really – I think he still is because I don't think they're going to pick up anyone else. Mm. But I think they definitely need to start looking around at other choices. No, I, I agree. I think I, – I agree and I disagree. So, Pickford is definitely going to be the number one at the Euros, and he'll probably be the number one in a couple years at the World Cup – or not a couple years, next year at the World Cup. Simply because yeah. of his performance with the, with the national team, he's done pretty solid. He hasn't made any, you know, huge mistakes. Uh, and I don't he has think, had some very good performances under England as well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's had good performances under Southgate, so I think Southgate trusts him. Yeah, I don't think Southgate has the same uh, relationship with Nick Pope and Dean Henderson. Uh, I think Dino Henderson not having games at United is going to definitely uh, put him under Pickford. And then Nick Pope, who's at Burnley, I don't think I don't think Pope can make the level of saves Pickford can make. I think Pickford has a mistake in him that Pope probably doesn't. But if you're asking for yeah. someone to save, you know, an incredible shot and, and really, you know, take you out of, you know, some dirt uh, that maybe your defense puts you under, um, Pickford's the guy for him. And I think he'll be the number yeah. one. I don't think he's the best goalkeeper out of the three. I think Henderson, I think, you oh, know, is definitely the Henderson, better goalkeeper. Definitely. But right now, like you said, he's stuck behind De Gea. There's no chance he's going to be the number one for England if he's not starting consistently at his yep. club. Uh, this isn't U.S. where, you know, Zach Steffen's going to step in because he's at Man City. It's, there's a, <laughs> anyway, Pickford's yeah. playing at a solid club in Everton, and he's, he's probably going to be the number one. Uh, the last thing, Derek, uh, Pulisic, obviously you mentioned him earlier, uh, American bias and things like that. Uh, we'll play a little game of should I stay or should I go for Pulisic? Um, do you think he leaves in the summer? Or, and if he doesn't, do you think he leaves in the near future? Uh, what, what, what would your attitude be right now if you're a Pulisic? If I'm Pulisic, and obviously I'm not, I'm not, but, you know, he needs to have a conversation with Tuchel and see what Tuchel's plans are. If Tuchel's going to continue to say that, yeah, I'm going to have you coming off the bench because I like you off the bench because you bring a good energy, I think – you have to leave. I think you have to move and find the next spot. And if he does leave, I think it's with, it's probably not this summer. I think this summer is a little too close. I think it will be either next winter or next summer because I think that it's going to take a little bit more time for him to be able to leave. And I think Tuchel wants to give him time as well to progress at Chelsea and see if he can break into the starting 11. But I think he, I think he leaves if he can't break into that lineup. No, I, I agree. I agree. Pulisic's going to leave. I don't know if it'll be this summer. Like you said, I think it'll be next summer. I think he's going to try and be patient with Tuchel because he liked him as a manager when he was at Dortmund. I think Pulisic is also a guy that, you know, I don't think he's looking to just leave. He's still a young guy. It's not like waiting a season's going to absolutely kill him. Um, mm -hmm. 
the big thing for him is making sure that, you know, he's as sharp as possible, obviously, for the men's national team. But also, I mean, is he getting ahead of Hudson Adore right now for Tuchel? I don't think he is. Kai Havertz, German connection there. Kai Havertz had a really good performance today. Probably fits the system a little bit better. He's not getting in over him, most likely, if he's on form. Uh, and Chelsea also spent a lot more money on him. <laughs> Same thing with Timo Werner, who plays a little bit of a different position, but similar styles. I think he'll play Werner over him. And then you got Mason Mount, who has to play. He's probably, you know, <laughs> one of the most valuable players on the team right now. I mean, obviously, he's the difference in the Liverpool match. Uh, so I think Pulisic has to go. Uh, it's not his fault. He's just kind of been, you know, put under uh, yeah. by, by the quality. And not to mention Ziyech as well. Um, so, yeah, I think Pulisic will leave. I'm not sure where he'll go. I would love to see him play maybe at Liverpool because they're going to have to move on from Sané and uh, or not Sané, Sadio Mane, Mane. and uh, Mo Salah at some point here soon. I think he'd be perfect for that role under under Klopp. But I think we'll Klopp see. would use him well. Oh, for sure. For sure. He fits that style really well. Him and Jota would be great. Maybe they get in a number nine in there. Different than Firmino and I think that'd look really good for him. And that's a perfect yeah. segue for our next match, which was Liverpool losing to Fulham at home. Uh, Liverpool have been just completely awful at home, Derek, uh, in the last few matches. Haven't been able to protect Anfield at all. Uh, Derek, <laughs> what's, all. Gone, what's gone wrong with, the, with Liverpool this year, man? What, what's your opinion? They can't get past their injuries. They have had, you know, obviously they've been missing Van Dyke this entire time, basically, and that's been a huge hit for them. Can we stop mentioning Van Dyke? Like, I get you lost the guy, but like last year, Pep lost like almost all center backs as well. And he still was top four and was still chasing was down four, Liverpool. Yes. Like, stop with this whole he lost Van Dyke and Matip and Joe Gorman. Freaking last year, Fernandinho and Rodri were center backs for freaking Pep, and he still got top four. Stop mentioning That's the injuries. True. And then the next thing, though, I think also I think Anfield has to be that fortress for them. They need their fans because mm-hmm. those fans are what make Anfield great. It's not like going to Camp New because even when Camp New is empty, it's huge. So mm-hmm. it's still hard to play. Anfield is like walking onto a regular old, you know, soccer field like your every other stadium. And mm-hmm. now that there's no noise, there is no real like, oh, I'm playing yeah. at the you know, Anfield. It's just, the atmosphere of Anfield. Yeah. Yeah, it's just missing, and it's not you know it's not helping them at all with all their different situations. Another thing I think that's going wrong, and I've been noticing more and more here recently, Klopp does not want to change his playing style with this oh, team. Don't even don't he even plays start four. with this man. Don't he, even start he plays he plays four in the back and then three in the mid and then three in the front. No matter if he's missing every guy that normally starts in this, he plays in the same exact way. I can't get over it. I can't. I I can't. I am a Klopp enthusiast. Okay. I love Jurgen Klopp. I love his style. I love how I love he, his passion. How he, I love his passion. I love how he coaches his teams. I love how his connection with his with his players. Um, I like how he connected with Anfield when he showed up and has really turned the culture around. Yeah. But he, this is what's gone wrong with Liverpool this year. He has, is what has made this team what it is right now, which is a bunch of sulky, oh, woe is me players right now that can't stand up for themselves and put in a fight and, and look like they're trying to still, you know, be contenders. They've been bad champions. They've complained the entire time about injuries. Everyone's picked up injuries. Everyone's had COVID-19 issues. 
You can't tell me that this team is not a top four squad without Van Dyke, Gomez, and Matip. You can figure it out. I understand Fabinho and Henderson have also had issues. They bought two center backs. To be honest, they didn't do a good job recruiting center backs. No, and they could have done a lot better. He let go of Lovren in the in the uh, in the summer, saying he wasn't needed, which was hey, whatever. He didn't play that much last year, so you bite the bullet now. You, you've you've given him up. My my whole issue right now is like you just said, Klopp has not changed a single thing about his playing style, about the shape, anything. He's got Mane, Salah, Firmino up front, all three, all three of them, all the time. Yep. He hasn't. He had. He knows Trent Alexander Arnold is not the best defensive outside back. How about you playing right wing back? How about you play a back five? How about you put Robertson on the left? You play two strikers. Yep. Maybe you take Firmino out. Maybe you put Firmino at the ten with Mane and Salah in front of him. Maybe. Instead yeah. of having three center midfielders, you have two solid ones. Maybe Tiago has to be next to, I don't know, put a center back next to him. Put him in. I don't know. You got to try something different. It's not working. Yeah, it's not working he's, out. He's literally, he's the definition right now of crazy. He's doing the same thing over and over again, hoping for different results. <laughs> he's given BS, uh, you know, explanations on why they aren't playing well or, oh, we're playing well, but, you know, we just can't get the goals or the boys put in a good ship. Blah, blah. No, they, they haven't been. They, they look like they're not up for the races. And this is, this is something I noticed in the summer was when they won, it was never, we want to win the next one. It was never, we can't wait to defend our title. It was never, we want to bring another one to Anfield. It was, yeah, we finally did it. Woohoo. Yeah. Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. There was never a talk of the next one. They, yep. they don't have the mentality of good champions. In my opinion, I love Klopp. I think he can, I think he can pull his team back around, but this is on him. This is on clock yeah. for, for how bad this team is playing right now. And I don't want to hear any different. I'm not saying the guy should be fired. I th- I, I'm not saying if they don't make top four, top six, it's, you know, Klopp has to go. Klopp should still stay. I think when they get everybody back, I think they'll be a lot better. You get Van Dyke in there as a leader, who knows, you know, the thing turns around, but they're going to have to do some major yeah. uh, stuff in the summer. I mean, you got Salah who's aging, Mane who's aging. Um, both Salah's mentioned about you know possibly looking elsewhere. James Milner's going to have to go here soon, so you need to look get a look, look to get a new leader yeah. uh, next to Henderson. I mean, that's just my rant on right now this on, is, on this Liverpool side. I mean, what what do you think they should make moves for in the summer tra- in, in this in this next transfer window? Before I say anything about transfer windows, I will also add this is definitely not the heart that we saw from this team before they were winning championships. When we saw them play against Barcelona, when we had the, you know, quick corner taken, mm-hmm. you know, Rigi wins it for him against Barcelona. That was a completely different team than it is now. And it's upsetting to see just how far they've turned around. Well, and now they're just, their attitude is just not there. Well, I remember everyone was trying to give them excuses last year at the end of the year, because they're like, Oh, they already won. So I need to focus on their performances and, you know, they don't need to worry about that. They lost like, I think it was like three of their last five or something like that. And in, the, in yeah. the premier league, you know, all that matters is that they won and they're, you know, whatever. And I was like, man, they don't look good without fans in the stadium. They just didn't, they didn't look Seriously, good when they returned they from don't. COVID and it's continued this season. And I, to be honest, I put, if not 70 to 80% of the blame on Klopp, there's 20% there that, yeah, it's been really bad luck, but, there's a lot of teams that had bad luck in the past. Like I mentioned earlier, Pep had bad luck with Man City last year. They still came yeah. in second. You know, I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah. And just, but yeah, going on to the upcoming transfer window and what they need to make moves. I think they need to move on from 
uh, solid this upcoming transfer window. I don't think that he's been a good fit this you season. Really, I think it's as really huge as really. You really think they should move on from Salah? You really think they should move on from Salah? Yeah, I think they need to move to make. I think uh, Hota can take out him, move him wide. Firmino stays striker, and then Mane stays on the left. Now, if you're you're either gonna sell Mane or Salah, you're gonna need to get. I would keep Salah something 100%. in the back. I would keep Salah one hundred percent. Over Mane and Firmino, I would I would sell Mane and Firmino just to keep Salah. You do realize this guy scores almost every goal for this team. Yes, Mane and Firmino are great, but Jota can do exactly what Firmino does. Jota's not that much worse than Mane. You can find other wingers that are like Mane. Mo Salah is a goal scoring winger that when he gets the ball in the box, you hold your breath because the guy shoots and he scores fifty to sixty percent of the time. You really think that they should move on from Salah over Mane and Firmino? I don't know. All I know is, is one of those one of the guys out of the front three have to they have to move on from mm-hmm. one of them. There's no way you're going to be able to keep all three and then go out and get because you know Klopp's going to want to go out and buy another center back because he's going to be complaining that since he lost to Van Dyke, Matip, and Joe Gomes, that he doesn't have good enough players when really he needed to change his whole playing style from the get go when he did lose those players. But we won't get back into that. It's just, you know, they're going to go out by a center back. He'll probably want to get a new midfielder because he's going to say that that was also somehow a problem, even though he had oh, Tiago. Let, let's not talk Pendo. about Nabi Keita, who they spent $50 million on from Leipzig and has been a complete and utter pedestrian the last two years in this team. Yes. And then just, if I hear him say anything about Allison, I'm going to lose my mind. No, Allison. <laughs> I, Allison now, I will say, like though, Allison has not been yeah. his best, but. Yeah, he had a couple moments, but, but it's just Allison's if he says, top, yeah, yeah, if he says anything about him, I'm gonna lose my mind. But it's just they they're gonna have to move on from something in the front three to be able to because he's gonna want to make moves, and mm. I don't know why, but I just feel like they're gonna end up moving on from Salah anyways. I think they're gonna move on Salah because with the other two, they he doesn't he hasn't meshed well at times because of his want to score more goals. If that mm. makes sense, I mean, yeah. But it's just, I think the other two mesh better. So if they make those a front pairing and then move Hota out to the right, it makes sense. I'm not saying that's why I think they should do. I think it's what's going to happen. Mm. I I think, I think Salah will probably be moved on from his own. I think Salah wants to go somewhere else. I think he's kind of run his course at Liverpool. He's made his legend there. Um, he's mentioned that he's looked at, yeah. you know, Real Madrid, Barcelona. I'm sure both of them would love to have him. Uh, and yeah, I think they do need to move on from someone in that front three. Uh, I would personally, to be honest, find a way to get Firmino out. In my opinion, I love Firmino, but yeah. um, he, he doesn't have the same magic he used he's to. Not- uh, he's, he's not as impactful. I think you can find better number nine. And he doesn't team. score a lot. No. Uh, and then, you know, Mane, he doesn't I score think a lot. He struggles would, to would, find that ball. Yeah, I would try and keep Mane and Salah for sure, but I think Salah will be the one that they have to move on from. Uh, I think he has a higher demand rate from other clubs, and he has a want, I think, or a, I won't say a want, but has the the mindset of it's okay to leave because wherever I go, I think I'll be successful. Uh, and I'm, I think I've already made my legend here, like I said earlier. Um I don't think he'll buy a center back. I think he'll be happy with Gomes, Matip, and Virgil van Dijk and just run another season with him. Maybe he gets, you know, but he's got uh, Kabach now as his fourth. So I think they'll be okay at center back. 
Uh, I don't think he'll buy an outside back holding midfielders. I mean, Genie Wijnaldum could be moving on here soon, so maybe they look to replace him. Uh, Tiago hasn't been a hit. Nabi Kaita has been a hit. Oxley Chamberlain's getting up in age. Milner's going to have to go, so they're probably going to look for another midfielder. So I think midfielder and striker are their two, two big wants. I would say two guys that come to mind that I think they could go and get. Uh, one is uh, Pedro Neto from Wolves. I think it fits perfectly oh, yeah. for Liverpool. Um, Adama Traore would be another one that just came to mind really quickly, but Pedro Neto fits him really, really well. He's got a great pressing style. He can play the center forward. He can play left wing. He can play right wing. He's left-footed, so he can replace Salah if you need him on the right. If Mane goes, you can put him on the left. He's very direct, uh, has a high energy. I think I think he'd be great. Um, the other guy that I'm thinking of is Pulisic. Uh, we mentioned him earlier. I think he'd be great for Liverpool. Yeah. Um, he, he has the directness that he's looking for. He, he can get in behind with his pace. He's quick on the ball. He's creative. Uh, he can finish Hard inside working. the box. And he's still young. He can develop. Um, so I think those are, yeah. those are the couple guys they can look at. In the midfield, um, it, it, they're going to need to look for a workhorse guy. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to mention anyone right now, but they definitely need to get someone in there to freshen things up. Uh, Fabinho and Henderson, hopefully get back in their helps. Um, but when they move on from Genie, I don't think, you know, maybe Tiago stays and then you're looking at, you know, Ox, Kaita as the backups. Um, but we'll, we'll yeah. see, we'll, we'll see what happens with that midfield. Um, the other thing with, with this Liverpool squad, I think that they got to look at is, um, you know, with Klopp last year, or not last year, with Dortmund, when Dortmund started to fall, it fell. It, it went down very quickly. Oh, yeah, it fell his, hard. Yeah. Yes. This is my concern is that he's led them to the promised land, and I don't know if he can get the mentality back that they had when they were chasing. I think he's a great chasing That's coach. That's very true. He's a great motivator when they're chasing, yeah. but when they've, when they've gotten there, can he continue to, to pull his team and get him back in? He didn't do it at Dortmund very well. Um, Dortmund moved on from him. I don't think Dortmund should have, but, um, you know, I'd be concerned as a Liverpool supporter and a Liverpool, you know, if I was an owner about, you know, is this guy the guy that we want to rebuild with? And yeah. is he going to be able to motivate this squad? Um, so those are my, those are my concerns right now with Liverpool. They really need to turn it around, obviously, as everyone's mentioned before, but, yeah, uh, I'm very disappointed with this Liverpool squad right now. Yeah, it's been not a good time for them. Definitely not a great season. They they need to get back in that old mindset they had where it was you can't touch that Liverpool, <laughs> uh, whatever you want to call it. The sign, yeah. <laughs> the sign as they walk out, and you're going to have to go back to the old days of you haven't won anything yet or something. <laughs> Jesus. And then I do want to point out, though, during that Fulham game, did anyone else see that save by Ariola? <laughs> uh, he's, he's, he's a quality keeper. The, oh yeah, that the volley came from what? Like six yard. I as a goalie myself, I wouldn't have expected that amount of power to come from. I mean, the ball's dropping from way up in the heavens. It comes down. You're thinking, all right, this guy's you know he's probably gonna put it high, but it's not gonna. I'll I'll get to it if it's there, but just absolutely rocks it away from goal one hand as well, mm-hmm. not two, but one. It was impressive. It was, Hey, there's oh, a reason get why the guy watch. was at PSG a few years ago. He's a decent quality. Oh, yeah. He's had a few a few uh, blips, to say the least, under at Fulham, but he's still a quality keeper and can pull out those top saves, kind of like what we mentioned with Pickford versus uh, Nick Pope there. And, you know, Ariola will pull those yeah. those saves out where, like, maybe another guy doesn't, but then Ariola has the mistake in him. Yeah. So, 
Well, we'll move on from Liverpool yeah. Fulham. Um, great, hey, great win for Fulham. Maybe they can uh, escape that drop. Uh, good luck to them. Yeah, but we... Liverpool got a lot to turn around there. Uh, we'll move on to our practically last uh, mention of the Premier League. Spurs and Bale are in form. They beat Crystal Palace uh, this weekend. Derek, are Spurs going to make it in the top four this season? Uh, geez, I don't even, I don't know. I don't really believe in the hype because <laughs> they haven't done much in the past. I'm, they haven't been facing hard op- opponents. We mm-hmm. haven't seen them against a Manchester United. We haven't seen anyone that's above them. We haven't even seen them play Everton. Didn't, I mean, we're saying like, oh, we're they lost informed, to Everton in, you the, look, uh, in the cup. Yeah. In the FA cup. I had thought, I was about to say, didn't they like just lose to Everton? So it's mm-hmm. just, I don't think we should be putting them that high yet. I think they can pull it out with Mourinho. I think Mourinho's a great coach to have at the helm. If you guys are pushing to make it into the top four, he's a great motivator. And obviously right now he has the <laughs> locker room under check and everyone's, you know, with him. Yeah. Obviously when he miss when he loses the dressing room, we see what happens, but I don't think he'll lose these guys before the end of the season. So hopefully he can keep, Everyone just keep the bus rolling, you know, <laughs> keep the bus rolling in front of goal as well. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know if they'll make top four. I think they're better than they're better than West Ham. They're better than, I mean, even though West Ham beat the other day, I still think they're better than West Ham in terms of they can beat the lower end guys more than West Ham can. Uh, I would look at, are they better than Leicester without Vardy and Madison? They probably are. Yeah. Uh, Lester have looked really, really bad without those two key players up front. Uh, then you also look at Aston Villa. I don't think they're going to make a top four. Everton, I don't think will make a top four. So now the question is, are they better than Leicester or can they catch Chelsea? Um, you know, you're probably going to think it's going to be Man City one, Man United two, and then it'll either be Leicester and Chelsea three and four. So it's Tottenham going to be able to catch Leicester if Leicester keeps slipping. Uh, and then, of course, overtake West Ham and uh, and continue their role past Everton. Um, I would I, I would bet money on, on Mourinho. I don't bet against that guy. Uh, yeah, they they also to be fair, it's not like they have a lot of tough course to take, and they're in the Europa League. They got some easy matchups there. Uh, they have the Carabao Cup stuff coming up, uh, and then FA Cup. You know, of course, they want to win something, but I definitely think they can make top four. Uh, with this squad, Dele Ali is playing a little bit better. Uh, he didn't play this past week, but um, Bale's back in form, which, you know, we'll see how long that yeah, lasts. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, we'll you know what? Last against he's, top got, teams. he's got Harry Kane ticking on all cylinders. Uh, you've got Son back doing his thing. You've got your defense, you know, holding leads and not doing stupid mistakes like <laughs> Eric Dyer on his back kicking people and stuff like that. So, you know, maybe maybe they are. I mean, I, I don't believe in the hype because, like you said, they haven't beaten anybody. Um, but I definitely think they can make top four for sure. I, I yeah. don't think that's out of the picture for them um, at all. So, well, we'll move on, and we'll just do a little quick hit here with uh, PSG. They won in the French Cup this weekend versus Brest 3-0. Uh, if you haven't seen it, Mbappe scores an absolute banger in transition, uh, cuts into his left foot, puts it basically top in past the keeper, and then Verratti had a sublime assist. Uh, in the second half of that game. Nice little flick. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, definitely go check it out. Um, we'll move on to the 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 classic or however they however <laughs> they say it between Byron and Dortmund. Uh Holland scores two goals in the first 10 minutes. Uh, Dortmund goes up 2-0. Uh, but then Bayern continued to dominate Dortmund. 
scoring four straight uh, throughout the game. Lewandowski gets three goals with a late penalty to get his hat trick. Holland, go, uh, Holland went down injured in the second half. Uh, Derek, is this the end of the Champions League qualification dream for Dortmund? Do you, do you think they still have a chance to get in if, if Holland is maybe out a few games? I don't think it will be the end. But it's definitely 10 times harder now because you do not have that goal-scoring threat up top, and it allows Sevilla to throw everything forward at you when it comes to playing this upcoming second leg. Mm. So I think it definitely becomes a very tight matchup, much more tight than what we were calling it earlier on when we were saying that they weren't going to be able to throw everything forward because they had to worry about Holland and Sancho on the break. And, you know, but now that they probably will not have Holland, that's – I think it's – if I have to say yes or no, I'm saying yes. It's over. It's the, yeah, it's, it's over. The end. It's yeah. over, Dick. It's over. They're not making Champions League uh, qualification in the Bundesliga. I won't be surprised if Sevilla beats them if Holland's not available. Um, the Storming team's not good. They're not. It's a one-man team. It's almost as bad as Spurs under Son and Kane <laughs> in the attack. They have no other options outside of Holland and Sancho. Sancho's not ticking on all cylinders. It showed this weekend they can't keep a 2-0 lead. Obviously, they scored early, but... Um, you know, my, Manchester United scored early and we're able to hold it out against a really, really, really good city team. This Dortmund team is not good. Uh, they need, they need a lot of restructuring at the back. They need to restructuring in midfield. Um, you know, Hazard, uh, Brandt, uh, Sancho and Holland are a formidable attack with Royce as well. I don't think yeah. they need to wor- worry about the attack, but, uh, they need to get the defense sorted and they need to get midfield sorted ASAP. Uh, or else they're not they're gonna be looking at sitting outside the Champions League next year too. I mean, yeah. I'm not I'm I'm very concerned for this Dortmund side about what happens, especially if Holland and Sancho maybe leave in the summer. Yeah, uh, when they don't make Champions League. So they 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 really need to to step it up. I don't think they're gonna get it, and I think they're gonna really pay the price this summer uh for, for not making it. Yeah. Um and then Bayern continue to dominate, obviously. Uh Lewandowski with three goals. To be honest, though, the the highlight of the match for me was Leroy Sané. This guy is electric. He is so good on the wing. He's came into his own. He started a little slow uh, at Bayern. You know, people had their doubts. People were saying, oh, look, City was smart getting rid of him. He's not performing. Uh, this, that, and the other. He's not, he's not worth the price tag. The last two games when he against Lazio and in this game that I've seen him play, yep. he has dominated the wing. He's dominated his opposing outside back. He's created, he scored, um, he, he's everything that was promised in the package that, that Byron got. And I mean, they're looking at him, Gnabry and Coleman for the next 10 years. You can't yep. tell me another team has three better wingers for the next 10 years uh, yeah. than Byron have right now. So great for Byron sucks for Dortmund. Hopefully Dortmund turns it around, but I, I don't hold my breath for them. <laughs> Juve get the win. Juventus beats Lazio three to one. Uh, it's a great win for them. They started really poor in that game. Uh, it was kind of there for the take for Lazio, and then Juve kind of turned it on and, and got their three three goals without Cristiano Ronaldo who sat the bench. They're you know holding him for Porto in the middle of the week. <laughs> who they're down two to one to somehow because this team also is struggling very very heavily. <laughs> um, Derek, they're behind by seven points to Inter Milan. Uh, Inter Milan have a seven-point lead right now in first. Do you think Juve catch him, or do you think Inter Milan are still the favorites and they close this thing out? I think Inter Milan are favorites. I think they beat 
Syria much better than Juve. Like mm. they they'll beat the bomb half more often than Juve is with the form. They're yeah, both they're more consistent the for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think they're overall a better team. I think Juve has like you know Cristiano Ronaldo, Weston McKinney in the midfield. They have like notable players, notable names. But when it comes down to how the team is performing overall and the way they're looking, Inter Milan mm. looks much better, much more organized. Going forward, I think Conti has them winning the league. Well, and let's just point this out. I mean, Juventus could bow out of the Champions League. I don't think they will. I think they'll get past Porto. They'll probably lose the next le- or the uh, round of eight. I think they'll get past Porto just because I don't think Porto can hold on. But if they do, great for Porto. But yeah. <laughs> um, I I look at it. Inter Milan only had or yeah, Inter Milan. I was said Inter Miami. Inter Milan <laughs> only have to focus on Syria. This yeah. is their only competition they need to focus on. They're out of Champions League. They're out of Europa League. I mean, they were never in Europa League. But um, I think they're going to be so focused on closing this thing out. I believe in Conte to make sure this thing closes out with them. Uh, they're playing well. They've got the right guys in the right positions. Um, Lukaku's scoring goals at, a, yeah. at an unreal rate. So I think they'll close it out. Like you said, Juve is just not consistent enough in Serie A, regardless of the, of, you know, maybe they might have some notable players like Cristiano Ronaldo, Dybala and, and Miranda, those guys going forward. But I think Inter Milan closed that thing out for sure. And Juve yeah. are going to go out without a Scudetto and they're probably going to buy the Champions League in the round of eight. And, you know, who knows what happens to Pirlo now? I, yeah, I really, really. I'd really be surprised if they stick with him. I don't think Juventus has the patience, especially after, I mean, they've won so many in a row. Well, it's like they were running Serie A. It's like, you know, you didn't win, you know, Serie A, what the heck? You know, it's just, well, like, I don't I, expect them to stay. Everything you hear from the Juventus side of things is like, they don't say it, but it's a year of transition and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, they, they're not as dominant as they used to be. And they're, they're trying to change their branding and they're going to try and play this open style now and not be so defensive and play direct and this, that, and the other. And, you know, they're saying that if Pirlo leaves, they're going to look for a similar guy that plays with this, like he has a vision for style and, you know, playing this way. And, you know, maybe Eric Tenhog from Ajax maybe bounces over. I think it'd be a good opportunity for him. It'd be a good squad. He can build it how he wants. Um, I think that'd be a great candidate for them if they get rid of Pirlo. I think Pirlo has to go if they don't win. Yeah, definitely. Either if they don't make the semifinals in Serie A at least because they, they need to be better than they were last year. Um, and they don't win the Scudetto, uh, which I don't think they will. Uh, they need to they need to move on. It's been a failed experiment. He hasn't been good enough, in my opinion. They've lost the teams they shouldn't lost to. They tied teams they shouldn't have tied. He he's just not the manager for them right now. Uh, a bit like Frank was maybe a little too early at Chelsea. You know, I'm not saying Pirlo won't be yeah. a great manager at some point, but right now, uh, Juventus is is not where he should be. So, yeah. uh, we'll move on to the Spanish league. Uh, where Barcelona youth star in a win over Asasuna 2-0. Uh, Aliax Mariba scores a great goal in the second half to clinch the game. If you haven't seen it, uh, fakes a shot with his right foot, makes almost everybody on Asasuna dive in front of him, cuts to his left, and basically puts a top in past the keeper, who gets a little bit of a finger on it, but goes right past him. Uh, Derek, also, the Madrid Derby ended tied 1-1. Athletico give up a late lead to Benzema after a great combination play with Casemiro right in front of goal. Uh, Derek, who do you got in the La Liga race? You got Barca, you got Atleti, or you got Real Madrid? Who you got? I'm going to say I got Barcelona. I think they, in the league, they have turned themselves around. Yeah, I think in the league they have turned themselves around. Real Madrid do not have 
enough players to put on the field weekly. <laughs> they are struggling, okay? And Atletico Madrid is struggling in their form. They are, we watched them against Chelsea. Who take who took out why do you take out Lamar over why yeah, didn't Felix. he actually? Well, if why you watch if Lamar? you watch the Madrid Derby, and I, I I'm sure you noticed the sub, you put in Jao Felix in the second half. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, unless you're gonna go get a second goal, Jao Felix does not need to come on at this point. And yeah. he's putting him on, and he's like, you know, I mean, his hold-up play is not great. It's not like he's like a big, bulky, you know, mm, Diego Costa style. Big guy. He's not gonna, he's, he's not gonna what, hold 20? the ball up. <laughs> yeah, like, and he's like, you know, maybe a buck forty. Like the guy's so small, and <laughs> yeah, you know, I just don't understand the subs from Simeone there. And you know, I'm not sure. Again, I'm I'm on Cholo here, but like, he he's just made some very interesting decisions lately <laughs> that I just I can't get my head around. Um, and I mean, I watched that you're right. That Madrid team doesn't have enough players right now. So yeah, I can't, I can't blame you for picking Barca, but you go ahead, Derek, as you're saying about Barca and things like that. But yeah, like, I just don't think Atletico Madrid tactically right now has been right with his, the substitutions he's making just never makes sense to me. You're losing one nil to Chelsea in the first leg of Champions League. You, instead of, I mean, he doesn't really have attacking on the bench at the moment, but instead of taking out like. Lamar, who was not you take out one game. of your four center backs, or yeah, and instead he just goes, Oh, hey, Zhao, you come out. Like, Zhao was playing a pretty good game, in my opinion. Whenever he got the ball, he was making stuff happen. And he, the guy was taking scraps, making freaking five star meals out of him. So, <laughs> he hit a, a bike that was more powerful than some people can, can even kick a ball. Hey, <laughs> let, let's talk about that Suarez goal, though. Outside the boot, oh, yeah, and, outside the foot. Yeah, and it was funny. I, it was funny. I was listening to a podcast today, and they're like, do you think about it. No youth coach is encouraging any player to ever do that. Is shoot with the outside of the boot instead of the left inside or the right inside step, you know, to, to put that past the keeper. And I mean, he baited Cortal. He's like, come on, come on, easy. Boom, outside the right foot around you. I mean, it was yeah. a great goal. And it shows Suarez, you know, turning yeah, back very, the clock a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm very happy to see Suarez doing well. I think Barcelona definitely got rid of him too early. He has. I think he's going to be great for another at least. What do you think? Two years? I think he'll he'll be great I, next I, season. I'll and give him next good season. The next season I'll give that. him next season, and I think after that he's probably looking at an MLS move, or he's back to Uruguay, or who knows, maybe back to Ajax, something like that. I don't think. Oh, yeah. I don't think he can continue. Maybe or who knows? Maybe he's a bit like Costa at the end of his career. He kind of just came in for like certain moments where yeah. he needed him. Yeah. So. But yeah, just overall though, I do have Barcelona in La Liga. I think they just they have a team that right now is laser focused in La Liga. I don't think they're going to be able to stay in Champions League against PSG. So true, they'll be able to just focus everything on La Liga. So I, I just think that's the team that right now is going to be winning it. It pains me to say it, but I have to agree. It pains me to say it. The, this Real Madrid team, if it was 100% healthy and Ramos was there and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Carvajal was there and they didn't have to play Cruz and Modric every game. I mean, Valverde is back, but we see the front three. Vasquez is not good enough. Um, Asensio is not good enough. Vinicius had a good game, but he's not, you know, amazing. Rodrigo's out. Hazard's out. Um, yeah. You know, you're looking at Mariano basically being your backup striker right now. Uh, hey, don't laugh, Mariano. All right, the guy scored against Barcelona. You're your La Liga title favorites last year, okay? Um, hey, watch your mouth. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I think I, I can't I can't choose Atletico Madrid. Like you said, their form is so bad. 
Um, I think Simeone's feeling a bit of the pressure right now. Uh, they definitely have a lot of work to do in terms of trying to get back in the Champions League. Now, who knows? Maybe they fall at Champions League. You get and then Trippier, it makes it interesting. You get Trippier back. You get Crosco back. Um, and maybe they run. They run La Liga at the end here. Uh, but I'd have to say... I think if Atletico he, gets knocked out, if Atletico, if Atletico and Barca get knocked out, I'm picking Atletico. If Atletico gets past Chelsea somehow, I'll pick Barcelona. You're, I was gonna say if Barcelona and Atletico got knocked out, it would still be Barcelona. No, and no, then no, I was no. saying if Barcelona somehow found a way to get back in Champions League, then it'd be Atletico because no. they'll get knocked so out. So Barca, Barca's getting knocked out by PSG, no doubt about it. They're, they're not coming back. Everyone just stop with this this whole BS <laughs> talk of all oh, they're back in form and they're gonna come back. It's not happening. It's not happening. Stop it. It's a pipe dream. It's not happening. But <laughs> Atletico have an actual chance to get past Chelsea. Um, I've seen crazy things happen with that team. Uh, Chelsea, you know, they got a good defensive record, but who knows? You know, you could you can get two scored on you, and something happens there. Uh, maybe they just don't. I, I I don't think Atletico will win. I don't think Barcelona will win. If they both get knocked out, Atletico Madrid will win La Liga. They will because they're going to get Trippier back. They're going to get Carrasco back. Trippier played this past weekend. They're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. And they've had a tough co- couple weeks here of, uh, of matchups. Everyone's kind of forgetting that, you know, Champions League's hard for them because of the way they have to play. They've had some, you know, they played Madrid this weekend. Let them play Asasuna and let them play Elche <laughs> and they'll look just as good as Barcelona, okay? <laughs> let Barcelona play Real Madrid and they'll look just as bad as Atletico Madrid did at times. And, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I think I think Atletico will win if they get knocked out. Uh, if they don't get knocked out and they start to focus on Champions League, I'd have to give the tilt to Barcelona right now. And it pains me to say this. I think Real Madrid will finish third, which sucks. Zidane's done a really good job finding a way to keep this thing competitive. <laughs> um, but you, you can only get so far with Benzema in a dream. That's, that's, that's all I have to say. You can only get so far with Benzema in th- or two over 30-year-old center mids that have to play almost every minute for the, the team to tick the right yeah. way. So. All right, and we'll move on to the last segment, which is Tuvar or not Tuvar. Derek, let's talk about these handballs. Arsenal versus Burnley. Pepe has a shot. Burnley gets it blocks with the uh, looks like an arm. Uh, penalties given. Defender given a red card. Go to VAR. VAR says, nope, not a handball. Retakes back the red card. Derek, was it a handball? Were th- was that a penalty? Great callback on the call by VAR. Definitely. I would say it's not a handball at all. I think it's all shoulder. Um mm-hmm. It, 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 to me, if they call that a handball, then we have to go back to what even is a handball? It, it's, like, my, it's, it's like my, it's like the NFL, bro. What's a catch? What's a catch? Yeah. Right now, it's what's a handball in soccer? What's a handball? Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's coming flying at him. You can't even clock how fast the ball is because the minute it gets hit, it hits him. Like, it's literally yeah. just boom. It's and, snapshot, yeah. Yeah, and I think, and it's in a natural position. You can't tell me that's unnatural. I mean, he's running, turning, and just moving naturally. Like, what is an unnatural position? What, do I have to stand? Like, is, is there just – do I have to stand a certain way? You got to put your hands in your pockets as a defender now, basically. Yeah, you, you, have, have, to, to, you have to look like you're chilling. Yeah. <laughs> I have to have my hands behind my back to look natural. Um, yeah. When was the last time you saw someone run with their hands behind their back? I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they were handcuffed. <laughs> yeah, running from the police. <laughs> or, or an angry woman. One of the other. <laughs> <laughs> <Dude, no. laughs> no, I don't think it's handball either. When I saw, like, I remember a bunch of my Arsenal friends were sharing it on social media, and I looked down, like, that's not a handball. Like, stop. And everyone's like, oh, 
the refs are against Arsenal and VARs <laughs> against Arsenal. Like, stop it. Okay, it wasn't a handball. If that was called against you, you'd be saying, oh, they're against us because they called the handball. So it's not a handball. The game is, you know what? The game deserved to be 1 1 because Jaka wanted to give away the game anyway. He didn't want to win. He freaking kicked it off Chris Wood's chest into the goal. So don't tell me Arsenal deserved the win. Okay? Stop playing Jaka. Yeah. You guys said this for three years now. Jaka's so bad. Blah, blah, blah. Believe in Arteta. And Arteta keeps going back to Jaka. And you keep paying the price for it. Stop talking about it. Okay? Next thing. This is where I'm going to get heated right quick. Okay? Derek, Atletico Madrid handballed on that corner. Yes or no? Yes. That the arm was fully extended away from the body. The, and this dude and it hit him right in the arm. With his arms out <laughs> like he's a freaking tree, like a palm tree with his arms out. Blocks the ball. It's going directly to Casemiro. Casemiro's going to put this in the back of the net. It's going to be it's going to be a goal. And that guy hits it off his hand, off his arm. And guess what? It goes past Casemiro. He affected the play. His hand's not in a quote-unquote natural position. So guess what? It's a handball. Madrid deserved a penalty. Even if the ball was in – not the ball. Even if his arm wasn't in a natural position – it, it, it's not connected to the body. It's outstretched and it hits him. It hit him on the arm. So it has to me, it has to be. And I know everyone is probably going to say, Oh, well, you guys are Madrid fans. I'm not a Madrid fan. So suck it. <laughs> no, like this is ridiculous. Like, like I, I, there's been, I'm not joking. There's been three or four calls this season against Madrid and Marcelo got pulled down by his hair earlier this year and they didn't call a foul. <laughs> this is ridiculous. VAR has been terrible in, in England, but it's been equally as bad pretty much in La Liga. Every time I see it, it's very questionable. Yeah. And, like, I'm not trying to be like Ronald Koeman here who complains about the refs every time he loses. Okay. <laughs> Zidane handled it brilliantly. He's like, we're not here to talk about the refs. The refs do their job. It's for their opinion. If you have an opinion, that's great. I'm here to talk about my team. Shout out to Zidane for that. But right now, <laughs> I can't get over the fact that we should have won that game. It would have changed the La Liga race. And Madrid, Real Madrid – could be, would be favorites. Would be I favorites going that, yeah. forward right now. And it sucks that it comes down to basically VAR not being able to see a basic handball there with his hand stretched out, jumping up in the air, missing with his head, hitting his hand, getting it past Casemiro. It's a freaking handball. handball. Man. It's a handball. Yep. Ah, man. Oh, well. Yep. Unlucky. Well, guys, that'll do it for today's podcast. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the N10 podcast. Uh, we appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, please let us know via social media or via donation and our listener support on Anchor what you guys would like to see or hear, uh, what you'd like us to cover. Uh, we're looking forward to bringing you all more great soccer content in the near future. If you'd like us to cover something specifically, definitely let us know. Thank you for listening. We are looking forward to running end-to-end together again soon. See you later, guys.